0: Welcome to track number three of missions Africa.
1: Hello, Hallelujah, Father. Thanks for this opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. What a blessing! You may be seated. It is a blessing to see you all here. Uh, from How many of you are from Zambia? Wow. How many of you from Zimbabwe? Wow. How many from Malawi? Wow. How many from Lumumbashi? Wow. <laughs> Right, turn with me to Matthew chapter nine. Our theme is the ministry of the sower. So it's just a theme to launch us into What we really want to talk about Matthew 9 verse 37 Then saith he unto his disciples The harvest truly is plenteous But the laborers are few Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest That he will send forth laborers Into his harvest Amen Amen Right And Matthew 13 Verse 30 Let them both Grow together Until The harvest Everybody say harvest Harvest. And finally John chapter 4 and verse 35 Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already unto harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice Together. Amen. Amen. Hearing is that saying too that one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor, other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. Amen. Amen. Well, we are sharing about the ministry of the sower. Is that what it is? Yeah. Ministry of a Sower um, a Sower went out to sow the Bible says you all know that story it is Jesus' most important parable because it defines the work of God in a very marvelous way um, but at this camp what I want us to look at is the purpose of Of the ministry of the sower, or the the reason why the sower went out to sow. The reason why the sower went out to sow was so that he could have a harvest. Amen. Harvest, alright. Is that not what the Bible teaches us? Why would you go out to sow? What, What was the reason for going out to sow? It says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Amen. So, we are learning from this right here, that Jesus... Okay, is um, Jesus is teaching that there there is a harvest. Okay, there is a harvest, and the sower goes out to sow, so that he can have. Is that Godwin's wife? What's her name again? Die. How are you? Good to see you. <laughs> Um, have, uh, have the sower goes out to sow so that he can have a harvest. What do you think? Yeah. So if the sower goes out to sow and doesn't get a harvest, then we've got a problem. Isn't it? So, all the sowing that we've been sowing in the church is intended to give us a harvest. All right? now um, paul said something uh, paul said something interesting um, in first Corinthians chapter nine Corinthians chapter 9 verse 7 Who goeth a warfare at any time at his own charges? And who planteth a vineyard? Alright? And eateth not of the fruit thereof? I mean, who 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 does that? You plant, and you don't eat of the fruits. You get it. Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law? Also, verse ten. Or saith he it altogether for our sakes. For for our sakes altogether, this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that thresheth in hope, should be partaker of his hope. You see, when you sow a seed, you should sow a seed with hope. And in great hopes and expectations. Yeah. So, when a sower goes out to sow, he's expecting to reap a harvest from the seeds that he is planting. Amen. So as you we are we are here in Zambia in Malawi in Zimbabwe in Lumumbashi all right next time I'm not going to join you all together because I can see that most of the people in Zimbabwe they didn't come so next time I will not allow, I will go to um, God if the Lord permits I will go to Zimbabwe wow. and then I will not allow anybody from Zambia to come there. And I will come to Zimbab- Zambia and not allow anybody from Zimbabwe to come there. I think that is better, isn't it? Because when I went to South Africa, I didn't allow anybody to come there. But um, we are all here. So, next time. Um, but if if you sow in Zimbabwe, we, we are sowing in hope to have some kind of a harvest. Otherwise, why are we sowing? Huh? If I sow love into your life, I'm expecting to reap some love. (laughs) Is it not true? A greater love, if possible. I should reap some greater love than the original love that I put into you. I shouldn't reap hatred. And wickedness and sadness after sowing love into your life. Do you see? If we've, we've spent a few hundreds of thousands of US dollars in Zimbabwe, which we have, to buy various buildings and so on, I mean, the church should benefit from it. The reaping is not even the money, but the church should. Benefit from it. If it doesn't, then something is wrong. Do you see? So, we, we are all people who are sowing, but we, should, we are expecting a harvest. Now, when you don't get the harvest, you start to be disappointed and you start to question whether you have done the right thing. Amen. Amen. Now, a a certain king, yeah, he was looking for someone to be the heir to his throne. And I think he didn't have a son. So, he decided to do a sort of farming competition. Yes, a farming competition. And so he decided to assess several people who the population had chosen were very intelligent people who could be the leaders of the nation. So when he got that selection, He assembled them in the palace and decided to test them because the country is an agricultural nation. I don't want to mention which country it was. So he said, I want to see your Agricultural skills and care over a period of three to four months. So he shared seeds to all of them to go and plant, and he gave them specific flower pots because he didn't want anybody to have a different. yeah, different soil, different Somebody say that the soil was this, the fertilizer this, everybody had the same thing so after three to four months they all came back with their pots beautiful plants yeah, harvest because you, you are going to be uh, what do you call it the head of state and the head of an agricultural nation so you must know how to. So they were going to assess all the plants of the people. Some had grown very tall, some had branches, some had different things that they were all working with. And one guy came and his pot was totally empty. Yeah. So, no, he didn't have skills, he didn't have whatever. So when the time for assessment came, the farming whatever minister they came, they assessed all of them and everything. Then the king also came and they had chosen the right now, they chose this guy with, with a, a very beautiful pot. And then the king came along and said, No, 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 it's not choose guy. That's why I agree to that. The guy with the empty pot. What a shock. He said, because All these people are lies. Before I gave the seeds. I boiled all the seeds.
0: I boiled all
1: the seeds. All the seeds were boiled. And. All of them are lying. Because. They all had boiled seeds. Which should never have grown out of them. So the only honest person amongst them is the man with the empty pot. And he chose that guy yes, to be the head of state. Wow. Is it not amazing? Now for some of us in the church work, it is as though we are planting boiled seeds) <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's as though we are planting boiled seeds. (laughs) Because things are not coming out of the pot as it should be. Yes. Yes. But it looks as though the seeds we are planting are boiled seeds. Because we are not getting the harvest see, because harvest is the vision of the planter. Harvest is in the mind of the sower. A sower went out to sow and was thinking about the harvest. He must have been thinking about the harvest. Because that is the only reasonable reason why a sower should go out to sow. It's because he's expecting some kind of habit, even if he doesn't say so. Why? Why in Zimbabwe you have so many farms? Do you have farms like that in Zambia? Do you as good as are you as good as Zimbabweans in farming? Huh? I don't think so. I think Zimbabweans are better at farming. So, um, we as a church are looking for a harvest. And not just a harvest, but a bumper harvest. Of all the things that we have been planting. Now, if we as pastors, shepherds, and workers in the church are sowing all these seeds, then our question is, where is the harvest? Where is the harvest? Huh? Yes. We want to make some midstream corrections so that whatever is limiting the harvest. You see, that's why that competition that the king organized, it's a, it's a real competition. Yeah. Only that, that on that day, he was not really looking for agricultural skills, but honesty. But if he had given them normal seeds, you could have seen the different things that uh, could have come up. But on that occasion, he was looking for honesty. So when you are giving you a seed that has been boiled, and you have come up with a very tall plant. Hey! I mean, it shows that there is something wrong with you. Are you with me? So, we are looking for something that is going to increase the harvest. Now, Bishop Richard, I believe, was sharing with you about the Advantages of a mega church. Now, the advantages of a mega church are like the blessings of the harvest. You see, if, did you finish all the 25? Oh, really? Did they show you that you get more beloveds? Oh, that's a very important one. When you have a mega church, There are more beloved. There are more possible people to marry. Yeah. How many are not married? Lift your hand if you are not married. Wow. Where are you people from? Are you from Zimbabwe? Zambians who are not married. Receive it. And you are from Zambia. Malawi. Okay. Now, God wants all of us to marry because when you come into the world, it's a natural drive to have sex and to marry. And even when you don't marry, or even when you have sex, you still have an imagination of how it would be like if you would be married. Sex, you still have an imagination. Yeah. You have some delusion, idea, feeling, what it would be like. Do you get it? To be you and whatever, happily ever after, living. It. This is a kind of idea. That you have. So, a mega church builds a large community of potential beloveds. All types of beloveds. Now, you can see from the different types of Coca-Cola that we have today. When they are even offering you a drink these days. It's not a simple thing. Do you want Sprite, Coke, Juice, 7-Up, Coke Light, Series, Coke what? Zero, Pepsi, Fanta. So many. And you'll be surprised. People will choose, everybody will choose something different. So, me, when I go to a restaurant with rice, I like to say, everybody, cook. Don't start. Just to take a a drink, all that becomes a very long process. Meanwhile, it's all sugar that is being dissolved sugar. Either color black, color red, color orange, color whatever. Dissolved sugar. Wow. In the same way, Men have varied tastes And women also have varied tastes For beloveds I mean You will see somebody who uh, Is going to marry You would have thought that he would have married this person But you say, no, no, no I don't like it I want this person And say, no, 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 no. I like this person. And they are always choosing somebody different. It's amazing. Sometimes when you are a pastor officiating the wedding, certain thoughts will be occurring to you (laughs) at the wedding. That why did this person choose this person? What did they see? But it's like the drinks that we order. Everybody has a different drink. When you have a big church, your type will be found in the church. Yeah. If you like short ones, we have short. If you like fat ones, we have mega ones. We have people that fit on one and a half chairs. Yes, yeah. mosquitoes. So it's an advantage of a mega church. It's a, it's a blessing. And we are looking forward to these things. There will be more weddings in the church. church will have more weddings. Always people are married. When people are married, people are always happy. It's nicer to, 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 to get married than to die. You know. So these are the blessings of a mega church. Amen. Amen. And these are sort of some of the things we are expecting to enjoy. We are going to have prosperous people in the church. Amen. Yeah. People who when you are coming for the camp they'll say, My buses, two of my buses will bring the members people who own the hotels who will say they can stay here as long as I'm the manager here they should be here recently we had a crusade where I stayed and a whole lot of other people stayed the owner said it has the house has never been used before and it's the first time and she is giving it 100% free for everything. We should use the house. And she's blessed to use the house. No pay. Whereas other places they will charge us $5,000 to stay there for four days. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At crusades. So there will be people who will just be giving away things and donating things. But when the church is very small, you may not really have such people. Because we are too few. You get what I'm saying? Connections. All over the place there will be connections. Yeah. When, when you have a mega church, you pick your phone and you make a call. When we were coming for the camp, one of the embassies of a certain country <laughs> was giving so many problems, you know. In the end I took my phone and started making some calls and I got to the ambassador herself I said, There is a harassing beastly person somewhere in your embassy. But you see, where the church is not big, you cannot know the ambassador. Are you with me? So there are a lot of benefits. A lot of benefits. Of a big church. Apart from the spiritual benefits, physical benefits. So all of us should want the church to be big. You see, and the bigness of the church is the harvest of the sower. The sower has gone out to sow and the result of his work is what you are seeing. Amen. Amen. So, if you deny us of the harvest, it says that he that ploweth should plow in hope and he that thresheth in hope should be partakers of his hope. Now listen, if we have sown into you spiritual things, is it a great thing? If we shall reap your carnal things. In other words, if we sow, is it a big thing if we reap? No, no. no it is to be expected. Yeah. If I have sown into your life, is it a surprising thing one day I should benefit from having sowed into your life? You should never be angry with that. And you should rather want me to reap. Otherwise, you are trying to intervene in God's laws. And preventing God's laws from happening. Yeah, you are trying to prevent what God has set in motion—that the one who sows should reap. Now, as we are all here, we are going to build a mega church, and the churches that we are building, and the things that we are sowing, are things that can and should become large the harvest. We want the harvest I tell you. And we are not backing down from that vision. We are are determined. We are determined to experience the harvest for which we set out to sow in hope. Even if there are setbacks. Even if there are slowing down. Of certain things. Even if it's not as fast as we thought it would be. We are more determined than Alexander the Great. Hey! 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 Yes. We will not back down. We will not return from our original idea. That we set out with. Yes. We wanted to have thousands of members. Not tens of members. Not hundreds of members. Thousands of souls. Thousands. That is what we set out for. And we we cannot be turned back. Like, go back to the house. Go back to the house. It has not worked. No. Rather, we have to become more and more and more detailed. Determined to see the harvest in Zambia. I cannot imagine why I should not be able to see more than one thousand Zambians only when I say when I say that I'm coming here. I don't see why I shouldn't see I should see less than one thousand Zambians at a camp. I don't see why not. Yes. What is the difference between Zambia and South Africa? Because if I go to South Africa, I will see more than one thousand South Africans at a camp. Yeah. I I I see know, we didn't come to Zambia by chance, like you know, so I met a pastor any time you are passing through you can come to minister in our church. And I said, I don't pass through California on the way to anywhere. There is nowhere in my road that goes through California. That none of my routes passes through California. I can't pass through California. So when he told me that, I told him, next time you are passing through Ghana, you can also trip it What I'm trying to say is that we didn't go to Zambia or Zimbabwe. We didn't go to Zambia... Um, accidentally, like we were going somewhere then, Zambia was on the way. So we just passed through. Intentionally we got there. Intentionally we've planted churches. Intentionally we are building the church and doing the work. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So, it is important that we assess and ask ourselves, are we getting the harvest that for which we came intentionally to Zimbabwe, to Congo, to Z- uh, Zambia, to Malawi, are we getting the harvest? If not, we are going to ask the land to give up the harvest. Yeah. Yeah. Supposing I went to medical school for seven years, and after seven years, you will not give me my certificate. Huh. I've been in this school for 7 years sowing seeds into my mind seeds of physiology, biochemistry, anatomy internal medicine, surgery I have sowed the seeds and when I should just get a paper so that I can use the paper to explain to people that I am a doctor you don't want to give me my paper it's not going to be easy at all I demand my harvest. Hallelujah. So we must ask ourselves, all these churches that we have started, they are going to start even more. Even a church, the church must be able to buy a car for the pastor to be able to use. When I came to... uh, here, I asked the pastor when did you buy this car? And he said to me it is not my car. It is not my car. First of all you shouldn't be driving somebody's car. Second of all it is not his car. You know? But you see a church you see like my church I don't struggle to have a car. Yeah. I've been the pastor of that church for 25 years, odd years. And more, I shouldn't struggle to uh, to know which car to use. I don't have to struggle. All, all these are, you see, all this lack of this, lack of this, lack of this, is a sign of the seeds have been sown and the harvest is not coming. Yeah, I shouldn't struggle to have a car. By the grace of God, whatever car I think is good for me, I should be able to, to have one. I don't have to be at the mercy of people. Or even some of you can even to even be able to sell cars and say, this is a car we have bought for you. I visited a pastor friend of mine recently and then I saw a certain car that only certain people use and he said this car uh, my church member has given it to me he says I should use it I don't, I don't use cars that he gave me to because I, if what about if I go and crash the car and then I become I have to do body works a car that I, I haven't even bought while I'm doing body works on a car that I haven't bought before <laughs> But he said, he said, the man has bought me a car. And this is, he mentioned the name of the car. But, uh, why should my church not buy me a car? Why not? Why not? Yeah. It's, it's part of the harvest. Of sowing seeds in people's lives. Somebody gets up one day and they say, I bought a car. Because those who can buy cars can buy two cars. Yes. Many people who buy cars can buy two many people who can buy one car can buy two cars and can decide. So, when your church hasn't got members with cars, you need members with cars. Amen. Amen. All these are signs of lack of a harvest. The returns. Amen. And a pastor is not a. I am not in, in a pastoral work to get a car. No, no, no. When I was a student, my father bought me a brand new car, new with the rubbers on the car. Do you understand? New, new car. I never. I, I was a student when I had my first new car. Yeah, a student in school. And I, I am not preaching because of. Uh, A car Yeah I have never had a vision A dream to have a very nice car My dream car Was Peugeot 405 Peugeot 405 When I say dream It is a dream that I had That God should bless me To have A Peugeot is that how you call it here, Pejo? Puja. Pujo. Puja. Pujat. Pejo. Pujat. Pejo. 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 How do you say it in Zambia? Pijo, pijo, but in Zimbabwe the T is it's loud. loud. Pijat, <laughs> or pijot. That's not a very big car, is it? A big car to have us a, a live stream. <laughs> it's, not a, it's nothing. It's not an expression, and my my dream was a second-hand car. It was a second-hand Pugat that I saw, and I said, "Lord, bless me that this man's old car, not not used abroad, used in Ghana, that God should bless me so that I should have that second-hand (laughs) Pugat." I'm explaining to you that. We are not preaching to get a car. But as part of the harvest, do not be surprised if one day your church member buys a car and says, Pastor, you have been going up and down with this old car or struggling without shoes from here to here. Take this car and be blessed. There is nothing wrong with that. Puget. (laughs) Wow. Receive it. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? It's not a great thing at all. It's nothing. Alright? So, all the benefits of a church cannot come when it is small. It's like the harvest is not a harvest until the harvest is really big. Look, um, when you are producing certain crops, unless it's in a certain quantity, it's not commercially viable. You just have to close down. When was it that you told me something has closed down, it's not commercially viable? Recently. Recently. Guinea fowls. Not guinea fowls. Something else. They were were producing uh, whatever. But it's like they don't get enough of it. So it's not worth producing. You see. So there is a certain quantity above which we must produce. Otherwise it's not commercially viable and successful. Even though we are getting some. So a church must cross a certain number. Yes. If it doesn't cross a certain number, certain aspects of the benefits of a church never come out. Yeah. It has to cross a certain size. That, that's a fact. If the church doesn't cross a certain size, certain things which you, you are supposed to benefit from, and certain blessings for... Even miracle service. Look. It's not easy to have a miracle service with tw- only 20 people in the church. Even the pastor will be afraid when he's praying for the sick. Because as he's praying, uh, 20 people are standing there. And all of you stand at first two rows. One, two. Yeah. Suppose I'm having a miracle service. And these are the only people in the church. And as they stand, what sickness can they have? <laughs> then I say, maybe God is opening your eyes. Put, if you cannot see, put your hand on your eye. But are, all of them are looking at me with their two eyes, and, I, and we know you too. I know none of you have this blind. Do you see? Oh, I say, oh, those of you who cannot walk, but you are all standing. <laughs> Wow. wow. So if it's a miracle service with just a few people, it changes. It changes. Yeah. One day I was having just a few people like this, and then I finished preaching, and the Lord told me to pray for the sick. I said, Lord, it is not a nice thing that you are asking me to do now. Do You see? You are trying to spoil the service. But then I heard the Lord saying to me, if you don't pray for the sake, I'll kill you. I felt that that was what He was telling me. I prayed for the sick. In Jesus' name, you cannot see. Put your hand on. One person came and said, look, this eye has been blind. And it has just opened. Yes, there were about 20 people there. They are blind. We are blind. Yeah. But you, you, you need to hear something. I'll kill you or something before you... Because normally, normally when the church is small, it, it takes supernatural power to be able to do certain things. Yeah. So, sit down, you find out that God wants to bless us so much, but the church must get to a certain level. And the harvest must come to a certain place. For all of us. For you to even benefit from a miracle service. I'm telling you. Or for certain kinds of people to be in the church. Or certain benefit for your pastor. Always sweating. Because he's always walking. And he's very sweaty. Oh. One day I went to a restaurant. And the waiter was sweaty. I tell you. And he had a special handkerchief for wiping his sweat. Hey, and he used to hold it like this. (laughs) So as we were giving the (laughs) order, I was looking at the guy. He will write. <laughs> he will write <all> the order. <laughs> so, as he's bringing you your food, you get it. <laughs> he's, he's sweating. He's sweating. <laughs> and he's serving you the food. It is not nice if your pastor is always sweating. As you see him, he's come to your house, he's wiping himself. He's
0: struggling.
1: As he's presenting you the word of God, he's a struggler, sweating pastor. Ooh-hoo-hoo. Wiping his shoes. Is it nice? No. It's no. no, fine. So God wants to lift the church to another level. Yes. The level of the harvest. Yes. And we must harvest. We must harvest. And it's not commercially viable or sustainable unless the harvest gets to a certain dimension. And I see us getting to that dimension yes. in the name It's going to happen. Practically. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I wrote a book that is called Church Growth that has several areas of importance for making the harvest come up many of us because we don't realize the importance of church growth and of the harvest are unable and uninterested in reading that book. It's true. Not even reading it, but it's a book not to be read, but to be studied. It's a book not to be read in its entirety. But it must be analyzed in small, small sections. Because there are certain things, if you look at them, like you start reading it like a storybook, you will not benefit from it. Because there are too many things in it. To make a harvest come up, I can perhaps best analyze it with making a child grow up. For a human being to grow and we are, we are the body of Christ for a child to grow up I mean it just takes so many things working the diet of the child even the brain must not be damaged the brain of the child when you give birth don't allow them to keep you in the labor ward beyond a certain time. When you see that from the time that you started having contractions, you know, there should be a certain time that by which the baby should come out. Because if they contract and the, every time they contract, the blood flow to the baby's brain. Is reduced, so that to help to squeeze the baby out, it's like that. The blood flow and the oxygen is getting less, so that the child is under stress. So you, when you are monitoring the heart, you see that the heart rate. So the child that is coming out is being squeezed. Very traumatic experience to come out into the world, and when it takes too long. Before you realize the head is stuck. Some blood is not going. And when the child comes out, you beat the child, and instead of the child to cry, no, child to be quiet, no crying. After some time, you beat the child. After maybe after one minute or two minutes, before you hear, no, all those things is they are very bad signs. Yeah. He should have cried immediately on seeing such a world class we are in now, he should have started crying. Ah, you get it? Yeah. And you see, not that it's a bad that God made, but the devil, the viper, has beaten and it has affected the world. Are you listening to me? And when the brain is damaged you will see a child which should grow he cannot grow sometimes they are shorter their brain cannot work and they cannot think and sometimes they cannot move parts of their bodies all kinds of things you see the person he cannot develop he is 7 years old he doesn't know when he wants to poo-poo. Meanwhile, the stomach developed. So he's no more eating milk. He's eating normal pap and meat. So the poo-poo is not a child one. The child poo-poo, it doesn't smell. and doesn't have a certain smell, but not in the same way. You know that it's a milky poo-poo. That this is a real mature one. Hey! At the age of nine. You see that Charlie is just there in the house now, then he's pooped all over in the house. Cannot develop. Cannot grow. And you see that that is caused by a damage to the head. So this is why we are very concerned when a child is coming out. And there you see that the biggest concern is the head and the brain. And that is the pastor of the church. The growth of the church is affected first of all by the head. Before You haven't even eaten. you You have not drank your first milk. But you will never grow even when they give you milk because of what has happened to your head. I say you haven't drunk your first milk. But no matter what milk they give you and vitamins they give you cannot grow beyond a certain point because of the head is not correct from the whole process. That has come. So, church growth can be laid squarely, the failure of it or the success of it can be laid squarely at the feet of the pastor, the head. So, when your church doesn't grow, you you are a pastor, you are a good pastor, you never blame the people. So, the people are somewhere, the people are like this, the people are like that. There, There is nothing wrong with the people. I have noticed many times You see that a church cannot work. This is not good. This is not good. And you change the pastor and bring in somebody to the same place that the person was saying that the people are like this, the people are like this, the people don't like this, they are not like the people here. If we were here, they would be good, but the people here are like them. You change the pastor, a different kind of person, and suddenly you see that place becomes a main place. Yeah and the church starts to work in a certain way yeah so the brain, the head the head of the church is the number one person that affects the church that's why in one of the sections here it talks about church growth and hard leadership or the type of leadership that you are supposed to have if you are going to have a good church so when you are in a church which does not have a good pastor, you see that the the church cannot grow. It cannot grow. It cannot, it cannot grow. You may have a very good singer. You may have a very good keyboardist. You may have even a billionaire coming to join the church. But the church cannot grow because it starts from the head of the church. Yeah. That's a fact. So pastors would do themselves a great favor by humbly saying to myself, I am not a good pastor. So that you can be made into a good pastor. Yeah. Because when you say, if, if you come to me, and you come, you come to me in the hospital, the clinic, and you say to me, I ask you, what is wrong with you? You say, there is nothing wrong with me. Then there is nothing that I, I can do. And I will just say that, oh, How are you? What's your name? Okay. So by there's somebody outside who has something wrong with him. And I need to see the next patient. Can you go out, please? You confuse the person who wants to bless you by saying that there is nothing wrong with you. When I was in medical school, final year, medical school, final year, the final, final, final exam of all exams. A boy was given to me. This boy was, I think, about 12 years old or 14 years old. And when he came to me, I asked him, "What is wrong with you?" He said, "There is nothing wrong with me. There is nothing wrong with me." Yes, and he was a child playing in the children's block and had been in the hospital for more than a year. So, because he was playing around and was, there's nothing wrong with me. But he had a serious problem. But he said there was nothing wrong with me. His folder was fat like this. because he had been around for so long. His folder was so fat. So thick. And so even the fact that he said there was nothing wrong with me, even the professors who were examining me, when it was time for them to come, they themselves were going through the folder to try to understand the case before they came. So they ended up taking about one and a half hours more trying to study the case I was also with the guy trying to understand because the guy said there's nothing wrong with him. <laughs> so when you come and you say there's nothing wrong with you no, know, then it's, you confuse the person who wants to help you. The person who can, the, the way the help can come, it cannot come anymore because the person is put off and he is out of control. He has no nothing to give to you. you see? So pastors always need to think of themselves as something is wrong with me something should be better. Even if you've been to the Bible school, it doesn't mean anything, because a sower went out to sow, but the fowls of the air came and stole the seed out. So there are some people who went to Bible school, it's as though they never went, because the seed has been taken out of their heart altogether. So that's why sometimes you see people go to Bible school, and when they come, they are unable to do anything, because sower went out to sow, but fowls of the air have come for the seed and taken it out. That is why you come you come for camps, you come to Ghana, you come for whatever, and a sower has gone out to and planted certain seeds in you. Sometimes you've had it again, and again, but each time the fowls of the air come, or the thorns choke that thing. But let's just stay with fowls. They take out the seed. So it's like as though you have never even been trained. That is why we are finding out Many of the people who, we, who came to Bible school are fruitless. Because the fowls of the air have taken away the very seed that was sown in them for four years in the Bible school. So sometimes you meet somebody, I think the person has never been to a camp before. I think the person has never heard certain things before. Oh, you ask yourself, ah, how long have you been? Have you not been around for a long time? Oh, I've been around. But I saw, went out to sow and encountered fowls. Fowls. Zambian fowls. Zimbabwean fowls. And you ask yourself, do you not hear messages on mega church, church growth, anointing this and that and whatever? Makane, and have you not got whatever? But because a sower went out to sow and encountered fowls. Fowls. Fowls of the air came and took the very thing for which you went to have the seed planted in your soul, And it looks as if you have nothing. So, a pastor often needs the seed to be re-sown. That is why we read books again. Clufio, Pastor Clufio, stand up. Do you remember one day you came to me? I came to uh, Johannesburg, and I was unpacking my bags in a hotel. What question did you give him a microphone? What question did you ask me when you saw me unpacking my things in my in my bedroom in my hotel room? I asked if he's still reading the same book that I first, I mean, he first got it. That was about after ten years. Yeah. You saw the book where? In your in your hotel room, in your among the things that you're unpacking. I, I yes, my, you unpacking. I put by my I put by my bedside, isn't it? Idea. I was unpacking my things. You know, when you arrive somewhere, you unpack your things that you are going to use, isn't it? Like your Bible or whatever. Yeah. So I unpack my Bible and some other things, isn't yes, it? Yes. And you saw it. And I saw it, yeah. Mr. He was observing what I was doing. And not only was he observing, but he was reading to see what I was doing. <laughs> and then he asked me, what did you ask me? I asked, are you still reading this book? Am I still reading this book? A book that I, I found in Pretoria 10 years ago. Ten years before that time, yeah, I was, I was, I was with him. I must have been with him in that yeah. bookshop when I found that book, The Final Quest. That's why things don't benefit you because you put it in you ones. and the foul of the air picks it up tomorrow, and it's gone. So, you, so many of us are like people. as if we've ever, you, as if you don't have somebody who has written a book about a. Or you don't have somebody who has even preached about B. Or you are like somebody who has never ever heard a certain message like this ever before in this world. Yeah, many, many of my people are like that. And all the things that I'm preaching to you, they are all practical things, truly. God, I, I, the theoretical ones, there are many things you can write about. But I, 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 it's so difficult to write a book that I avoid writing things about theories. It is what I have seen it before. That I write. I write it. What I have seen it before. (laughs) Yeah. And that thing has been put into you. But it is as if you have never. You are just like the person outside. Who is the manager of this hotel. Outside there. Who has never heard it before. Yeah. So that is how come you find lighthouse churches which are small. Very small. Although the founder of the church has a big church and has many big churches. But the, you see that the children, as if he has never shared with them the secret. But he has shared it with them, but the faults of them have picked it up. That is why you need to sow and re sow and re sow and so that after seventeen sowings, they finally lodges. Even this morning. The book that I was reading is a sequel to that book. I was reading it this morning. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading it again this morning. And I saw something. In the night I saw it. But in the morning I checked. And then when I went to the toilet, like I tell people, when you go to the toilet, read it. I went to the toilet, I took it with me, rejoiner. You, know, you see me, you think I'm doing something, whatever, but I'm, I'm actually... It's a revelation there. Oh, now let toilet but It's a house of, it's a house of revelation. House of revelation. And on top of that, when you come to the people whom the fowls of the air have taken the seed, And you take out the very seed which has been stolen from them, and you open it and say, "I want to plant in you a seed which I planted last time, but has been stolen." The reason I know it's been stolen because I can see there's no fruit or harvest from it. They start to feel sleepy, and they start to die in front of you when you even suggest that I am going to replant a seed. So most of the time when I'm preaching, I'm preaching from my books, but I don't say what book I'm preaching from. Because (laughs) the very people whom the fowls of the air have stolen that seed from, are the very people whose pride and a lot of pride is based out of nothing. It's called idiopathic pride. Are the very people who need the seed to be replanted you, you cannot even preach to them. The way the attitude will be, you will even die out of preaching before you finish preaching. It's true. If you know something, you, you bear the fruits of it. Yeah. Wow. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Sit down. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's not enough to have a book in your house or to have read it once but to have sown the seed again and again and again and if, until you see the fruit of it I don't think you should because for me if, if, I wanted it, if I wanted my church group, I would take two books church growth and mega church I would have them on my left and on my right and my two children one on my left one on my right I would never leave those, those two books until my church becomes big and it will become big. But by opening it, you see something. You just, If it's like, like, like magic, just open Anywhere you open. But it's not a book, it's not a reading book like a story book, so i have finish reading it. It's something that a page is a revelation. Amen. And on that page is the revelation that you need for a certain seed to come. Well, if, if I saw a seed of church growth into you, and you reap it, you, churches will grow out of Church will grow. Look, I went to Yungi Cho because I wanted my church to grow. Because his magazine is called Church Growth Magazine. Church Growth Magazine. His conference is called Church Growth International. His preachings are all, all the titles of his English message start with the word church growth. If he's going to preach about prayer, he writes church growth and prayer. If he's going to preach about miracles, he church growth and miracles. If he's going to preach about the cell system, it's a church growth and the cell system. If he's going to preach about administration, it's called church growth and administration. Everything is church growth and that. So, now I want my church to grow, so I start to go to where those seeds are, do you understand, and try to invest in my life, the seeds in particular, that can lead to that thing. Because, and, and, and as I was leading, I realized what young many things you see in a book, you cannot apply it, because you feel that you are different. But at a point, you realize you can apply it. Yes. But in a different way. Yes. For instance, when I read Young Chos he was talking about the cell system. He said, look, everybody's house can be used as a cell. But in Ghana, people didn't have houses. Most of my members were staying with their parents, staying with their uncles, staying with their aunties. So I decided to do the cell system in the church on Thursdays. So the cells are in the church. That is what gave rise to ministries, shepherds, uh, ministry meetings and uh, fellowship shepherds, ministry shepherds, chapel shepherds, and so on. My sister here, really, hear yeah, this. The, this one here. Are you from? The, uh, uh, no, you, you, you do. You, you have to go close otherwise you are going to spray. Are you from Zimbabwe or from Zambia? You know not answer. Are you from Zimbabwe or Zambia? Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Fire! Fire! Now, are you listening to me? So the point the point that I'm trying to make. Hallelujah. Amen. The point that I'm trying to explain to you. Hello. the point that i'm trying to explain to you is that your the seeds of what have been sown into you should should can can, can give rise to the fruits i saw the seed of church growth into my my life amen i listened to the tapes over and over and over and over yeah I listened and listened, and I went to Korea. I was sowing seeds into my life with church growth. Today, I'm benefiting from church growth. My churches have grown. The churches have grown literally, yeah, literally grown. I went to church growth. I read church growth magazine, listened, read Yongi, Jung- bought every single book Yongi Jung- Cho had written, read successful cell groups, church growth, anything by Yongi Jung- Cho because I'm interested in church building. And I sow and re-sow and re-sow and re-sow and re-sow, and re-sow. to get a harvest. Google's largest church in Ghana. You will see. Google's largest church building in Ghana. largest, this largest. Large, Google and see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and from a point of view of somebody who is despised, because in Ghana, people my color despised. Yeah. When you see, they just shout, Red! Lebanese man! Obroni! This! All kinds of names. They shout it out, not out of honor, but in a derogatory way. Yeah. So, what I'm saying is that, I'm trying to explain to you that, You can have a harvest. So nobody should be jealous of me. My church is grown. My church can buy me anything that I need, including a plane. If my church wants to buy a plane, we can buy the plane with cash tomorrow. With cash. An aeroplane. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about a harvest. Buy an aeroplane tomorrow. I know how much a plane is. (laughs) Yeah. If I'm not buying a plane, it's because I don't want to buy a plane. Not because the church cannot buy a plane. Not a car. Not a car. Yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow we'll buy it. If, if that is what I want. Or that is what we need. All right? Maybe a small plane, but we can buy it. <laughs> 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 a plane is A plane. <laughs> <laughs> wow are you listening to me? Yeah, so I I, 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 I can see that the seeds, you have been sown seeds into your life. It's true. You may have been to Bible school, but the birds of there have collected it already. It's true. Look at your members: 20 members, 10 members, 6 members, 14 members, 24 members, 32 members. I mean, it is not you you have not you have your the seed that of church growth has not yet borne any fruits in you. Maybe we as a church were deceived and we've appointed you as a pastor. You get what I'm saying? Because we are men, so we may appoint you without knowing that as someone you are not a pastor. Oh, no spiritual, but Charlie, there is nothing. There is nothing to you. You are just, yes, a boiled pasta. <laughs> wow. Now, how can we reach Africa... With our small, small, small churches. You know, there are a lot of people in the world. And more people are being born. You know, more and more people are becoming all kinds of things today. You know, and God wants us to rise up and do better. Because every single member in the church, all of you sitting here, you are all souls that would have been arm robbers, thieves, HIV addicts, sexual machines. You like sex in Zambia? Are you, you are you sexual in Zambia? Huh? Zambia and Zimbabwe, who like sex more? Huh? Zambian. Wow. Zambian ladies are into sex. Wow. Zambians are into beer. About sex, they're not into sex, you're into marriage. (laughs) But I heard Zambians know how to have sex, really. They are specialists, the Zimbabweans like it more, but Zambians are more skilled. How can we reach the whole world with our small, 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 small churches and when people are being turned into drunkards, drug addicts, homosexuals, sexual machines? Huh? How can we win a lost world with this very minimal harvest? You know, it's not yet commercially, you see, spiritually commercially viable. It's like we have started farms But No I had a I had some cows I've been rearing these cows for so many years <laughs> The last time I counted They were 12 And I've, I've had them For about 10 years Trying to let them Increase to about a thousand Yeah It's not viable. It's not viable. I don't need anybody to tell me. I have to be humble. And I have to accept that I'm a bad farmer. And the truth is that I am a bad farmer. Because my my eye is not on the cows. I I don't even care about them. It shows. I've never bought any book about how to raise cows. I've never read a book about that. I've not watched any videos about cows. I'm just keeping them for fun. So a lot of pastors, you are, you, are, you are just doing the church for fun. You have not invested in it in a way. Because if I was really, I would have set the type of cows that I will get a male, cross them, be checking to see if they are crossed, multiply them, mark them, so many things. My eye is not on it at all. At all. (laughs) So, what I want you to know is that we must have our eye on the church growing and increasing and multiplying. Because when the church is bigger, it's a sign of human beings who are out there at the mercy of the devil. And look at where you are here today. All of you guys stand up. You want, all of you guys here. These guys. Are you students? Are you students? No, 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 not you. Not you. Yeah. You. Are you students? Where? What university? Creso. Which country is that? Zambia. Wow. If you were not in the house of God, where would you be? You are laughing. Where do you think you would be if you were not in the house of the Lord? Probably what? I cannot hear. Drunkards. Do Zambian men like drinking? What would you be doing? I will be probably drinking almost every day. At your age? Yes. How old are you? I am 28. Drinking every day? Every day, Bishop. What about this one? The same one, You'll be doing what? Uh, drinking. Drinking? Yes. More than sex? No. No, no sex. Drinking. What about this one?
0: Yeah. Drinking and sexing.
1: Drinking and sexing. What about this one? Drinking and funcetting. Drinking and fornicating. How old are you? How old? Use the microphone please. Nineteen. Nineteen. Ten and twenty. So you'd have been drinking and fornicating. Yes. And what about Alex?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll
1: be into girls a lot, yeah. Girls. Mm. Wow. What about you? I think I'll be drinking. You think you'll be drinking? Yeah. Some are more inclined to drinking, some are more to girls. What about you? Um, I think girls and uh, maybe doing my assignments and researching. Doing my what? Yeah. Yeah. Assignments yeah. in school. Yes. Yes. And girls. And girls. Yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. The average man would take hundred women to bed, but one to the altar. Take one woman to the altar and hundred women to the bed. Well, yeah, I don't know. Hundred women to the bed, but one to the altar. What a shock. Amen. Okay, gentlemen, sit down. Thank you. Thank God for His mercies. Thank God for His love.